Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. Desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. Which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hey, hey, welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to spend time with you today. Welcome to the family. Great to have you. You know, there's there's always that pivotal moment when you're dealing with somebody who's unhinged. Where the act, as they're trying to purport and portray an illusion of control, blows up all over everybody. And true colors come out. And they just ooze whatever they are all over you. This happened yesterday in this ridiculous civil fraud trial with Donald Trump. He's got a judge who is a political activist. He has a, an attorney general, or excuse me, a district attorney, who is a complete George Soros-funded wackadoodle whose entire persona is predicated on her loathing of and desire to take down Donald Trump. I can't fathom having a singular issue, a singular person own me. But Donald Trump owns, I dare say, millions of people. Quite literally. That's scary. And it came out yesterday. Control your client. The judge in this case fought fought with Donald Trump as he sat in the witness chair and was supposed to be answering questions. And then the judge told Trump's lawyers, Alina Habba, to sit down. (laughs) You know, I don't think she's the kind of woman that you say that to. You are seeing, and the media will do its best to cover up, this ridiculous lawfare against one man. And by default, against all of us who happen to have the same values. It's preposterous. And you've got to love Alina Habba. I have to play for you the sound where she absolutely goes unhinged, respectfully, in control, but dismantles what is clearly political activism towards the former president. They are so scared 
Because all of the things that they have been dreaming about, all of the sordid plans, the <laughs> in the background hinges on them staying in power. Whether it's with feeble, feebleosity Joe Biden or anybody else, this all hangs in the balance. They've got to throw their best stuff at these, at, at Alina Habba and President Trump, and they don't have the goods. Donald Trump complained of unfair treatment in defiant, this is from Reuters, and rambling testimony on the witness stand at the civil trial, fraud trial, about his New York business on Monday, prompting the judge at one point to threaten to cut his testimony short. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, the judge is. He's an activist. Now, how on earth can anybody out there believe that they could have fair treatment under the law if Donald Trump, arguably the most powerful person on planet Earth, undeniably, I don't believe it's even a question, if he can be treated this way, this is a message to all of us. They will lie, cheat, steal, withhold evidence, as in the January 6th case. They will do all of this. They are that desperate. Alina Habba, after the fact, was ticked. Don't you dare silence my client who's answering my questions. The, the judge apparently didn't like Donald Trump's meandering answers. Well, this is his right to testify. He's the one on trial. And after the fact, Elena Habas said, this is so obvious to the American people and it's all out there for you to see. Audio sound by one. Coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar. Call the company fraudulent and make a name for herself. She said this morning that the numbers don't lie and they won't lie in this case. Well, Miss James, I have a message for you. The numbers didn't lie when you ran for governor and that's why you dropped out. And the numbers don't lie when President Trump runs for office in 2024. And those numbers are loud and clear. The judge in this case said to Trump, I don't care. I'm not here to hear what you have to say. <laughs> what? Come again, sir. Come again. Well, speaking of Letitia James, as Alina Habas so aptly just brought up, this is what she had to say shortly after the proceedings ended. Listen. Today we heard from uh, Donald Trump in our case against him, other defendants, and the Trump Organization. He rambled, he hurled insults, um, but we expected that. At the end of the day, um, the documentary evidence, evidence demonstrated that, in fact, he falsely inflated his assets 
to basically enrich himself and his family. He continued to in persistently engage in fraud. Um, the numbers don't lie. And Mr. Trump obviously can engage in all of these distractions. And that what is what exactly what he did, what he committed on the stand today, engaging, engaging in distractions and engaging in name calling. Um, She's nervous. I will not be bullied. I will not be harassed. This case will go on. We look forward to hearing the testimony of Ivanka Trump on Wednesday, and then we plan on closing our case. Um, and then there will be some motions on Thursday, um, and then uh, the defense will present their case in chief. Um, justice will prevail, and it's important that all of you understand um, that we have already been victorious in our motion for summary judgment, um, and now we look forward to disgorgement and to the remaining counts in our action against Donald Trump and his repeated and consistent fraud against the citizens of the great state of New York. She's got nothing. She's got nothing. She knows she's got nothing. She's screwed and she knows it and she's afraid and she'd better be. Alina Habba continuing, though, this this entire case represents the most abhorrent, disgusting corruption in our justice system on full display for all America to watch. Number two. This country is falling apart. And if we don't stop corruption in courtrooms where attorneys are gagged, where attorneys are not allowed to say what they need to say to protect their clients' interests, it doesn't matter what your politics are. Everyone has a right in this country to get up and put a defense. I don't care who you are. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. If this, I love her. I know you do. If this can happen to the president of the United States, if it can be so ridiculous, if a case can be brought without evidence and without somebody being injured, and they can manufacture this, now you can understand how Enrique Tario can be sentenced to 22 years in federal prison, even though he wasn't even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th of 2021. This is how you know a proud boy can get sentenced to 18 years in prison for shaking a fence. But a pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protester can hit a Jewish man at a demonstration, over the head with a megaphone, knock him backwards, have him hit his head, create a b brain bleed, and have him die, and have NBC run interference. How do you like it so far? And Alina's not done yet. Don't miss the fiery exchange next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. There is no way Donald Trump could pay for the amount of media coverage he is getting. He is owning the system. He is owning the news. He's owning every news cycle. He owns the justice system. 
Letitia James is eating out of the palm of his hand. She doesn't know it. We do, and so does Alina Habba. And she just comes out right here, and she says, as Trump's attorney in this civil fraud trial, for which there is no victim, but there is a $250 million payday that Letitia James wants, Alina Alina Habba says, basically, the system is so corrupt, and Letitia James herself has said horrifically derogatory comments about my client. Listen. Because not every American citizen gets a camera and a microphone. And what I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition. You taunted him. You said his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. She said that she and Michael Cohen were going to be his biggest nightmare. Where well, I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. Your star witness, along with all the DAs and corrupt AGs, need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand. When you let my client speak the truth and the judge can tell me to sit down and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. And it can happen to you, she says. Listen to her final audio soundbite. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country and we need to stop what is happening in this courtroom. President Trump is worth a lot more and she wasn't ready for it. She doesn't understand it. And before she rushed to judgment, she should have thought about attacking somebody with over 50 years of real estate expertise who changed single-handedly the skyline of New York City. She picked the wrong person and her politics will fail for it. Now, Letitia James is not dissimilar to Audrey Hoff. They are both products of years-long indoctrination. And the brutal takedown, the brutal takedown in the form of a mashup of Letitia James, in her own words, being as angry and hateful and discriminatory and biased and obvious. Listen to this. He's called me venomous. We will fight back to your attempt to bring Trumpism to New York City. He's called me disgraceful. called me radical. Listen, yes. we know he's crazy. Yes. We know he doesn't have a sound mind. 
He's called me a racist. We've got to stand up to an, an administration which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Isn't that fantastic? Now, when you hear that, that shouldn't make you angry. It should give you great peace of mind. Because it's so clear. It is so out there. And these are the products of indoctrination. When you allow people to fail upwards because they are box checkers, there aren't great idea people these aren't exceedingly cerebral men and women who've got cutting edge out of the box thinking these aren't people who look at these great united states this fantastic constitutional republic and see magnanimous things who dream who are audacious in their dreams you have people who have been taken to the dark side by the promise of rewarding their victimhood. Don't be a champion. Don't be victorious. Be a perennial victim. Feed the anger. Give in to the anger. How is this any different than the Emperor in the Star Wars movies? Give in. Give in to your hatred. This is the product that you get. It's also called winning on our side, which I find absolutely fantastic. Do not go anywhere. There's a new narrative out there as they're trying to get rid of Joe Biden, right? Curious. Joe Biden, the the martyr? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I almost fell out of my seat yesterday <laughs> as I started paying attention to this new narrative. So you have a bunch of, of people trying to determine where the Democratic Party should go. They know by polling that two-thirds of Democrats don't want Joe Biden. That three-fourths of us all think he's too old. He clearly is too old. I would imagine the majority of people, if being honest, would say he's clearly not in his right mind. And... That notwithstanding, every quote-unquote progressive policy that has been implemented in this country since Joe Biden took office has sucked. All of it. There is not a single part of our lives that is better. This is why there is a true chance in Philadelphia that there could be a Republican who has a really good chance of becoming mayor. Is that even possible? Yeah, actually, there is a great possibility because we have a limited ability to accept failure. And that limited ability speeds up real fast when you and your family's finances go underwater. So on the one hand, you've got people like David Axelrod. He's gently trying to tell Joe Biden, dude, publicly it's your decision but you know what you got to do you know what you've got to do 
Then you've got Jared Moskowitz saying, well, no, I just I think this is really Joe Biden's time again. Nobody in their right mind says that. Unless you're a hack. But then you bring in mental midget Jamal Bowman. Now, you might say that's not very nice. You're right. It's not very nice. It's super not nice that this guy is a sitting member of Congress. It's really not nice that you consider he was an educator for many, many years before he failed upwards into that seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. He was a principal, a school principal, a principal who knows darn well the difference between a fire alarm and an electronic door opener and who lied and doubled down on his lie, tripled down on his lie about pulling a fire alarm, yanking a fire alarm to delay a pivotal vote in Congress, obstructing an official proceeding for which more than just a handful January 6th protesters got sent away to prison for multiple years, four plus years. Jamal Bowman, he was confused. (laughs) I mean, he was late. He was running around. He forgot that there was this really pivotal vote. So Jamal Bowman is going to come out yesterday on a B-rate MSNBC show. Not like there is necessarily an A-rate show there. That was sort of dumb. I'm sorry. Mendy Hassan. This is one of those guys who occupy, he occupies a box-checking space, not because he's anything other than a man who thinks you should pay attention to him. And he's going to ask questions that are barky and demanding and presumptive. And you should pay attention. Well, sadly, when you're dealing with Jamal Bowman and he's your interviewee, well, you have a news cycle of suck, which is what they had last night. So this is the narrative that Joe Biden's decision to aid Israel in any capacity is going to be detrimental to his reelection bid. Now, if that's not preposterous, I don't know what is. Joe Biden, because he is a friend of Israel, he is sinking his reelection hopes. So says Jamal Bowman, Mr. Integrity. Really? You might not want to get a guy who's just pled guilty to being a dirtbag in your chair, Mendy. You need to hear this. How much damage do you think Joe Biden's support of Israel is to his hope for reelection? Listen to the question and the ridiculosity of the answer. Go. And then continuing to serve my district. Let's talk about Gaza, Congressman. How much damage is Joe Biden's support for Israel doing to the Democratic base? And how much is that going to cost him in places like Michigan with younger voters, Arab American voters in a key battleground state, which thanks to that new poll from The Times, we already know he's struggling in even before this war. Could this war cost him re-election? Yes, it could. And let me just be very clear. It's one thing to support Israel, which the U.S. has always done and will continue to do. It's another thing to never hold Israel accountable for their behavior, whether it's related to the occupation, the open air prison that is Gaza or the war crimes that are taking place right now during this siege. Wow. You out-of-touch, bloated, blowhard buffoon. How dare you think you know anything? 
about what Israel should or should not do when their country is invaded by people who want to exterminate them, Jamal. How dare you? That Israel has to be held accountable for what it's doing in retaliation for people who are savages, for people who crossed over the realm of sanity, who have stooped to a degree of darkness from which there is no return. And this chorus of voices telling Israel, telling Benjamin Netanyahu, David Muir last night, six times tried to tell Benjamin Netanyahu to de-escalate, cease fire. You know what all these people need to do? They need to suck it. They need to step aside and stop trying to manipulate what's going on and stop trying to tell the people of Israel what it ought to do. Because I'm pretty sure when you behead a 22-year-old woman or put a baby who's alive in the oven, I'm pretty sure that any kind of negotiation is off. Jamal Bowman's not done. Audio soundbite number two. Israel has said it's going to cut off supplies to Gaza. And go. I mean, Israel was very clear from the beginning. We're going to cut off water, food, electricity. They've used white phosphorus uh, in terms of collective punishment. That's what's happening right now. Moving half the country from one part of the, excuse me, half the strip from one part of the strip to the other or trying to within 24 hours. These are things that President Biden hasn't been strong enough in holding Israel to account. Holding Israel to account. I see. Everybody seems to have rules and ideas for how Israel ought to respond. But now let me ask you this. If all of these neighborhoods, if that music festival for which now we know the death toll has climbed from 260 to 300. That was the entirety of my high school class. Take Jews out of it and put black people into it. I wonder how much Jamal Bowman would be sitting here telling Benjamin Netanyahu to temper things down. Hey, 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 you're getting a little hot. You're getting a little aggressive. Are you kidding me? I suspect Jamal Bowman would be on the first plane out to help fight back. And finally, words of wisdom from a dope, Jamal Bowman, number three. And the Muslim community, the Arab community, and Palestinians hear that loud and clear and receive that as erasure and even further receive it as dehumanization. And this is where this president has to do better, but this is where the United States has to do better as well, because it's not just this president or this war. This is historical. Historical, just continuing to support Israel without the proper critiques and accountability led us to what happened on October 7th, but also what's happening now. Israel is responsible, Jamal Bowman just said, for what it got on October 7th. How is that any different 
Then Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib tweeting out from the river to the sea. It's not. My goodness, my friends. There is a darkness that seems to emulate exactly the theme of movies. Every evil dark force, whether it be Marvel movies or otherwise, or the Star Wars movies, the bad guy, there is a depravity, a darkness, an untouchable, indescribable evil. And it's not made up. This exists in our world. So how do you tell people who hate each other, who are neighbors, one of whom comes in and slaughters the elderly and the disabled and women and children, of course men as well, in the most unthinkable ways. How do you tell the other side, eh, it's best if you don't respond. How about you guys just, eh, we'll call a ceasefire, we'll go get a beer, and we'll hopefully plan that tomorrow will be a better day. That ship sailed a long time ago. And we have a story to come on that, that's upcoming. The, the conflicting stories of Joe Biden in this scenario the mixed messages that he is trying to portray to the world. We stand with Israel, but really, we really don't because we don't want the Israeli people to be able to defend themselves. Now, why would that be? Why? Why would Barack Obama feel the need to step forward and be interviewed on a podcast? As though he knows what's going on. And he's the moral arbiter of war. Last time I checked, this world started going sideways when that cat was elected. All those white liberal women out there. Boy, I hope they felt good about that. Because we've been paying for it ever since. All right, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, have we tipped to the scales with crazy yet? A story out of Germany that... uh, you, you got to hear about. You, you almost think it's farcical, but it's not. And the answer to that question, have we tipped the scales? Oh, no. Not by a long shot. We'll explain next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It's so insulting when you have a group of people in this country who tell you that you're too stupid, you're too black, you're too white, you're too straight, you're too pale... You're too stale to understand what's going on. There's so much nuance that unless they share with you the actual story, well, you're just going to be a wayward soul. No, actually, we all know what's going on. We don't need news to be told. We can see it. We feel it. We experience it every day. Every day something happens like a Jewish man getting conked on the head. By a younger man with a megaphone. At what point in that person's life was it taught to him that he's okay to strike another human being in that capacity? 
so that the man would fall down, bash his head, and die. I guarantee you, if one of my sons struck another person in a way, oh, I'd take him out. Wow, it sounds like child abuse. I don't care what it's called. It's called parenting. A lot of people haven't had parenting, apparently. How about this headline? Gateway Pundit. Parents in Germany. See, it's not just here in the United States. We might be the epicenter of suck, but it resonates with the ripple effect that goes well, well beyond our shores. Parents in Germany pressure Anne Frank Daycare Center to be renamed. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Kita Anne Frank Daycare has operated in Germany for more than 50 years. But now parents are pressuring the facility to change its name, according to German media reports. As though you've been living under a rock, thank goodness we've got these folks to give us the impromptu history lesson. Jewish teenager Anne Frank kept a diary of her time in hiding from the Nazis during World War II. Hopefully everybody's read the book. Anne and her family were eventually discovered, sent to Auschwitz, where Anne ultimately died. According to the Jerusalem Post, the school will likely be renamed to, quote, World Explorers, because migrant parents found it difficult to explain Frank's significance to their children. Migrant parents. Well, you know, you guys can get the hell out. Last time I checked. I didn't ask you to come here. I don't believe you're a voting member. How dare you? How dare you try to erase history? Can you imagine if we were going to change the Harriet Tubman daycare center? Well, it just creates this uncomfortable feeling of escapism. I don't like that said migrants coming across the southern border from Guatemala. How would the black community respond with that? What? There would be pitchforks and torches and marches. But, you know, in Germany, migrants, what the hell? City officials, on the other hand, remain steadfast in their decision to change the name. According to the report, the renaming is part of a broader concept. That's code for progressive suck. Broader concept that aims to celebrate the diversity of the children attending the daycare center, according to the city's mayor. A newspaper added, ultimately, the parents and employees wanted a name that was more child-friendly and better suited to their concept. Of what? Victimhood? Why don't they just call it the Victims Alliance. Come on, come all. We'll indoctrinate your children by tomorrow. Ultimately, the parents and employees wanted a name that was more child-friendly and better suited to the concept. Their needs are more important than the global political situation. Their needs. Do you really think a daycare center, which is usually for preschool-age children and younger... Do you really think the kids are like, look, mom, uh, I got to say, I really am uncomfortable with the name of this place, <laughs> right? I mean, 
can we go somewhere else that's more inclusive of my triggered progressive roots that have been cultivated by people who suck? Maybe we can we can water my seeds of progressive activism somewhere else that's more inclusive of all things woke and nutty. This is what's going on. Appalling that a German daycare center would name or change its name from Anne Frank to something else. This is where we are, though. These are the sorts of things that kind of get pushed along. Oh, we got to lower the temperature. Got to lower the... Meanwhile, in the background, we've got people with the kindling (sighs) blowing on it, right? Trying to get it whipped up. (sighs) We'll get a spark here sooner or later. Please. Meanwhile, in Realville, what's really going on is some pretty significant developments here at home on Capitol Hill inside the House Judiciary Committee. Apparently, for the last nine months, these guys have been doing a lot of work. And they dropped a 104-page report. Jim Jordan did. Yesterday on Twitter. Notice how nobody goes to the news anymore, because why? People don't watch the news anymore. So Jim Jordan posts something that is truly outrageous. New email evidence shows the Department of Homeland Security With our wide open borders, while everybody and his brother from God knows where has been able to traipse across our border to do God knows what to us. Department of Homeland Security worked with colleges and universities to establish a disinformation group to censor our speech before the 2020 election. Now you say to yourself, I know that. Because I got put in Facebook jail. I know that. Because I got banned permanently off of YouTube. I know that. Because Twitch put me in time out. Oh, it's far deeper and more disgusting than that. And we're going to drop the details on you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.